You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I would be in the coffee shops and I would be hearing people having those conversations, you know, just some theological dialogue or some bantering over some different things. And I just remember one time walking up to a pastor and going, I'm glad that's not my job anymore. And he looked at me strangely and I didn't think anything of it because I was honestly just relieved to not have to have that responsibility. But it didn't take long for the Holy Spirit to go, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That is your responsibility. That's not somebody's responsibility because they have a title. This is what in the Quaker church we call the priesthood of the believer. This is what God has called every single one of us that calls ourselves surrendered to Jesus Christ to be and to become. And that's really what this message is about today. It's nothing rocket science. It's nothing that you haven't heard before. But it's a difference between the crowd and the called. It's really the two different dynamics of what we sit with. And having spent, you know, 17 years, you know, in ministry, uh, all sorts, Youth for Christ, you know, associate pastor here, different churches, especially the last 10, being in a 4,000-member church, a corporate church in a big city, it just had a different dynamic to it. And what I saw more and more was, you know, and this isn't every church, but as I see churches kind of get larger, many times the church, as we look at a building, is trying to attract more and more people. And what that does many times, if it's not developed correctly, and it generally just kind of leans this way, and this is my master's I've been working on as church health revitalization, is the churches will naturally lean here. You get a lot of people that come, And they hear a nice message and they want to feel good and then they go about their business and live their life their week and they come back expecting more the next week. And it really develops what I believe is not only a faulty mentality, but it's damaging to the kingdom. And today, scripture talks about this isn't a new problem. This is a problem that Jesus dealt with way back in that day. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open Mark 3. And where I'm going to go is I'm going to go down to, I mean, there's so much to cover here. And, you know, Mark 3 builds on Mark 2 and Mark 2 builds on Mark 1, but I'm not going to get into that. Basically, Jesus had gone into ministry. He started out with a bang. He immediately talked about him healing people, you know, casting out demons. I mean, he, it really speaks about how he stepped in and the power of God was manifest immediately. And as it gets into here, it talks about how people are always following him around. He's a spectacle. It's like, look what, check out what this guy's doing. He's doing stuff that's just unbelievable. It's blowing our mind. So people would follow him wherever he went, crowds of people. And so if we look at Mark 3, we start in verse 7. I believe that's 7. I forgot my glasses. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples. And a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Edomia, from the uh, east of the Jordan River, and it goes on. I mean, he came from all over the place. They came to see him. In 9, it says, Jesus instructed his disciples to take a boat, get a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. Imagine that. There's so many people. 
that they are surrounding Jesus and he has nowhere to go. So he says, get a boat. We need to be able to back ourselves up, have a little bit better acoustics, and I, we do not want to get crushed in the middle of this crowd. They have to hear what I am going to say. It says in 10, he had healed many people that day, so that all the sick people eagerly pushed towards him to touch him. And whenever there was possessed by evil spirits, they caught sight of him. The spirits would throw themselves to the ground in front of him, shrieking, you are the son of God. But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. That this was a dynamic that was happening on a regular basis. The crowd of people pressing onto Jesus, watching what was happening, trying to be healed, engaging this guy who is a spectacle of all that is happening in the area. But then it makes a shift. And in 13, it says this. Afterward, Jesus went up to a mountain and called out to the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him, and he appointed 12 of them as they called him the apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, give them the authority to cast out demons. There were 12 he chose, and these were the 12. Simon, whom he named Peter, James and John, the son of Zebedee, called Sons of Thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. This talks about two different categories of people. One very clearly here, and one very clearly here. And it's an interesting thing when you think about this, because what scripture doesn't tell you was this mountain that Jesus went up to to get away. Why didn't the people follow him? We had all these people that were crushing Jesus, but somehow he was able to get away on a mountain. Didn't seem like anybody else followed him up there. And it says he prayed for possibly overnight or 24 hours, really. And this right here is the embryo, the birthplace of the church. Because Jesus is immediately making a distinction between these two categories and then what the cost and the count will be for when you follow and become the called. See, we look at Acts many times as kind of the beginning of the church, and we see that as the beginning of the formalized church. But I think that many times we have taken Acts and talked about community and we talk about things and we structured the church around that. But many times what happens when we do that, the natural drift is for the church to become this. Not that Acts is incorrect. Acts is very correct. And if it's done the way that it's called and it's, it's read in scripture and developed, that it's very, very effective. But there are three things in this passage right here that if we really take to heart and live, it will not only change our lives, but it will change the church with a little C and the church with a big C. Yes. It really will. Yes. And one of those things we have to think about is the fact that here, when he appointed the 12, they were, number one, to do what? They were to go with him. You know, he's had, he's had people following him, but he's like, I'm going to make you make a decision at this point. 
you have to decide if you are willing, if you are really willing to make this your life. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you to leave everything here and start this new journey with me. And they had no idea what they were about to get to be a part of. They were getting glimpses of it through his ministry, but they had no idea the cost or the call. But they said, you know what? This, this is something more. This is something different than I've ever seen. This, this right here. I will lay down my life for this and I will go here. The second one is I'll send you out to preach. So number one, now I don't want that to be, oh yeah, they wandered around after Jesus, that's nice. No, this was a lifestyle. It says they followed him, they learned from him, and they, Jesus wasn't just calling out 12 people to learn what he was learning and to be students. He was calling out 12 people to change the world. And in order to change the world, they had to know what the scriptures read and what they said. They had to know what Jesus was teaching. They had to know what this was all about. So he was empowering them with the power of God to go out and to preach in the world around them. And that doesn't change for us today. I'm not saying that you're necessarily called to go to a street corner and start yelling at people. But what I am saying is the Holy Spirit has given you opportunities every single day to encounter people and to be able to speak into their lives because what the Holy Spirit is doing. He will give you supernatural knowledge into their lives. He will give you a word they need to hear. It may simply be encouragement, but whatever it is, don't think for a second that we're on autopilot. We went through Christ Life Solutions at, uh, um, with uh, the Oversons. And one of the things that Mara Overson always said is it wasn't what, is Jesus, what would Jesus do, it is what is Father doing? It's always asking the question every single day when you wake up, Father, what are you doing today? What are you up to today? Where can I join you in this? Where can I become a part of what you are already doing? Show me these opportunities and then make sure that I'm prepared and ready for when it comes time to give an encouraging word, to speak truth into somebody's life or lead them to Jesus. Every single day, these are opportunities if our eyes are just open. This is not the responsibility of a pastor. We don't We don't bring them to the pastor so that he can get them saved. This is the priesthood of the believer, folks. This is what we are called to be and to do. And the third many people balk at this one. He was very specific. When Jesus started his ministry, he's immediately casting out demons. And that's specifically in scripture what he talks about 
when he says, this is the authority that I'm going to give to you. And I'm getting a little bit of a kind of a cross-eyed from a few of you. What you have to understand here is Jesus never, ever, ever watered down what he was about. He was about an invasion of restoring the kingdom of God on earth. This is not so much an act of this as it is reestablishing the kingdom in its right mindset. And understanding that when, when the God of the universe stepped onto earth, the demonic forces would react to that. It was saying that right in scripture. When he would step in, people that were demonically possessed would cry out. They'd throw themselves at his feet because there was a war happening. We don't live in a neutral world. We can, we can live our lives our way on autopilot if we want to. Say, yeah, we'll go to church, we'll be nice people, and we'll do good things, and that'll be about that. But God is saying, if there's three things that mark the people that surrender their lives to me, these are them. You give your life and follow me. You are ready to share with people every single day what God is doing. You're ready and you're so connected to Jesus that you're able to give them the word. You're able to connect in where they're at. You're able to love them only as Jesus would and you're able to bring them truth with grace. And sometimes necessary just truth. And that we don't ever forget the authority that we've been given. We have been given authority with the kingdom of of God. The world wants to lull us just into a passiveness to where we can live our lives and we can be good neighbors and we can enjoy our lives and we can have nice things. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but what I'm saying, if we have, if we have morphed ourselves into what the rest of the world looks like, we've got a problem. We should be a little bit odd. We should be ones that people look at and go, there's something different there. You know, the, Jesus was never, he was never backing away from what he was about. He was about the Father's business. And when he called those 12, as motley of a crew, as mangy as they were, it wasn't just to have a bunch of people so he could have friends. He was literally establishing the kingdom of God on this earth and the church as we know it today. And we are heirs in this. This is one of the things about scripture. It was talking to the Romans of that day, the Roman church, but it has application for us today. And one of the things I loved in one of the commentaries I was reading, and just so you don't think that somebody with a theological education has to be the people that are called into this, these are the people that Jesus called. It says, even Judas was to play a part in God's purposes. Some of them had extra names, nicknames, and they're very significant. This is not a gallery of heroes, not yet at least. Simon is called Peter, meaning the rock. Jesus called him that because he is going to be the strong foundation of the new people. The 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 new tribes of the kingdom of God. Yes. This was what his church was going to be one day. 
For now, though, the name rock is ironic. Peter is really one of the most unstable people you will ever meet. The brothers James and John are nicknamed Sons of Thunder because they are explosive hotheads who can create a violent argument out of thin air. The other, Simon, is a zealot. The zealots later became an organized extremist group who in 40 years will lead the revolt against the Romans, sort of a first century Hezbollah, whose tactics included mingling with the crowds, sliding up to suspected collaborators, and sticking them with daggers in the back. That organized violence still lies in the future, but it shows where Simon's sympathies lie. But Simon now finds himself in the same group as Matthew or Levi, the former tax collector and collaborators. To put it mildly, the 12 are a motley crew, unqualified, untraveled, untrained, yet called by Jesus to be the founding fathers of the church and to change the world. So here's my question. What about us? What about us? How are we living our lives? Do our lives resemble this? I know mine doesn't. Let's be honest. It is so easy for that drift to happen. And just taking my break after 17 years of church and parachurch ministry, I just went... (sighs) But it didn't take long when I inhale again, the Holy Spirit goes... What are you doing? What are you doing? How are you living your life? What's your life really about? What is really important? Is it your house? Is it your car? Is it your job? Is it your family? Maybe it's time on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. But here's my question. What if even half of the church today, 10% of the church, not our church, but the church as a whole, woke up today and decided that they're going to go back to Matthew or Mark 3 and they're going to look at that and they're actually going to claim what is being written and start to live their lives that way and realize that this is not just something that we call ourselves. This is the church is not something we go to, but the church is something we are. It's active. That this is a place that we come and we're equipped and we're fed and we have fellowship, but this is not the end all. This is a place where we go and we challenge each other, we pray for each other, we support each other, and we go forward with the power of God to preach the gospel and to be able to see the kingdom of God come to fruition and allow the enemy to shake when we step into some place. We have the power and the kingdom of God that is in us I want us to understand, and I believe the Holy Spirit's really trying to get our attention right now. I'm not a crazy person blabbering. If you truly are a follower of Christ and have surrendered your life to him, you have the power 
of God within you. The kingdom of God is planted and he's waiting for you to unleash it. We don't have to live by the rules of this world. This world is closing in. Things are changing fast. We see the church is shrinking. And I don't think that's all bad as long as this is the portion that God is weeding away so that this can become more powerful. Yes. Yes. I don't see the churches dying per se as a bad thing. As long as we get this. As long as we get this. And this is the call to you today, Praise Community Church. Your future lies here. Your future lies in understanding and living this. You have to wrestle in your marriages, in your families, in your small groups, in this church, what this means for you individually and you as a corporate church. But I'm calling you out today. Put a stake in the sand that God is calling you to live this so that your next chapter over these however many years God calls this church into existence is not just something where people just come and say, well, this was nice, but we become a people that go outside of here every single day, no matter where we're at, with the authority and the power of God to live a life that is bigger and greater and has kingdom impact, so that when we get done someday, God is going to go, well done, good and faithful servant. Look at what happened because you lived this. may say, I don't even know what that means. And that's why this church is here. Because you do it together. So my question is, are you ready? Are you ready for what God has next? Are you willing to set aside some of those things that are so comfortable and so good for something eternal? Because you know pretty much for all the disciples, the mangy bunch they were, they didn't have cost in them their life. But they wouldn't have had it any other way. You have been called to change the world. Will you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the fact that You chose the imperfect. You chose those that would seem least qualified, untraveled, Lord, undisciplined group of mangy people to change this world, to to build the foundation of the church, the original 12, Lord, to go out and to equip them, Father, to give them the authority and the power, Lord, to further your kingdom in powerful ways. And we, Lord, we know that that power has not diminished, Lord, That power is still evident and real, Father. So may it be real in our lives, Lord. May we lay our lives down to you. And Father, wrestle with what that really means. So Lord, that our lives can be changed. We can be refreshed. We can have a joy that is beyond any understanding of this world. And live an uncomfortable adventure. Painful and joyful for your kingdom. To change this world for all of eternity. We pray this now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.